Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always Always Use your head You are now listening to ChairShot Radio Always Use Your Head Oh yeah, here it is. It is Tuesday and your good friend Patrick O'Dowd is here to do some chair shot radio. But we ain't doing hockey talk this week because Dave Ungar had a date with a mouse. He is hanging out at Disneyland again. Like every time he misses a show, it's because he's in Disneyland, folks. That's just the way it is. And more power to him. But that means I've just it's become a thing. When Dave is away. Patrick O'Dowd is going to bring a, a guest from the Chairshot Radio Network to do another edition of the 5x5, five five, the, the, the appropriately titled 5x5, five five, the winning titled 5x5. Five five. If you haven't figured it out by now, my good friend PC Tutty is going to be the guest this week on the 5x5, five five, the appropriately named 5x5. Five five. Hello, sir. How are you? It's a pleasure to be on the glass, Patrick O'Dowd. Oh, look at you! You're gonna, you're gonna stick with you know, it to I the end. I wasn't even gonna, I wasn't even gonna bring it up. You brought it up, so I had to go. I had, I had to, I had to bring it up. I was, I, 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 I actually thanked the Balazes in the chair shot radio chat because they were sitting there, and it was funny because it was like they were trying to be like, well, it's more creative, but it's really hard to argue what the 5x5 five five is telling you. And then, of course, the Greg DeMarco seal of approval. Greg. Always. Greg, always Greg's the way opinion to go. never matters. That's, never matters. Greg's that's opinion not never true. matters. Yeah, it's, he, do, he only runs the fucking site. Anyway, Everybody actually, hates that's Greg. not true. Everybody does hate Greg. And if you like that saying, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and get it as a shirt because it's one of the ones that's available there. $19.99 or spend a few dollars more if you want something nice on your giblets and get it soft style. Anyway. You are listening to Chair Shot Radio. This week's uh, edition on Tuesday will be the 5x5 five five 
here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And this week on the 5x5, five five, I, when I got Platt, when I got Tunny, to, it was his voice. It wasn't. I, I didn't think you were Platt. Uh, but when I knew that, when I knew that you were coming yeah, on the all, show, Tony, no big deal. <laughs> when, when I knew that you were coming onto the show, I knew I wanted to lean in on something that was big to you, something that you follow, that you watch, that's important. So television was immediately where I started, and out of all of us, I think you're the most in tune with Saturday Night Live. And so this week for the five by five, we are going to give our five best and five worst. Holy crap, my computer has chosen a great time to go bizarro, so please pay no attention to the buzzing in the background. Um, but our five best and five worst Saturday Night Live skits of all time. And before, wow. Um, give, me, give me a second here. All right. Anyway. what I know Saturday Night Live is something that's been big for you. Because you watch it regularly. Uh, when we come back from the commercial, we're gonna we're gonna start there before we go into our five worst. Uh, because I think that SNL is such a cultural touchstone in entertainment, like it really is, that uh, it, it warrants a conversation before we go into the worst of the worst. And then after the second commercial break, uh, second commercial break, we'll do the best of the best. Yeah, I know, right? Like pull the collar. Uh, so yeah, what do you think? Sound good to you? All Rock right, and roll. Big, big thumbs up there from Mr. Tunney. So when we come back, our five worst SNL sketches of all time. You are listening to Chairshot Radio here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey, folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, welcome back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I've gotten my technical issues resolved, i.e. the computer stopped making noise. And we are here to talk about SNL sketches. But before we get into like our best and worst, I wanted to just get a sense from you, Tony, because I know this. I know you still watch. You still watch SNL to this day, right? Like you still follow it, um, catch up with like yeah, sketches and stuff like that. It's something that's on my dvr it's it's probably one of the top five even though it doesn't need to be nothing else is on that i watch you know what i'm saying as you prioritize your recording list but yeah i mean i would say i started watching it in the early 90s probably with that amazing cast and crew where i was able to stay up late on the weekends and stuff and started actually understanding the the jokes you know what i'm saying as you as you're starting you're almost the teenage years so and then ever since then, I've pretty much tried to watch it. Um, maybe my early 20s, I missed some because, you know, it's party time and you're going out and stuff. And maybe I didn't have a sure. DVR. But, boy, I've gone back and watched pretty much every single episode ever. I just I love the show. And for people who say it's not good anymore or whatever, well, it's the same as it's always been. Granted, there's been some down years with casts throughout the 40 plus years, well, however many it's been now. But not of all of them are a home run, you know. Not all of them were a home run when Will Ferrell was on the show and everybody thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? Oh, absolutely. So you just got to go in there. It's kind of like a wrestling fan. It's not all going to be for you, but a lot of it's going to be really damn funny. And a lot of it depends on the guest host, and that's what makes this great as well. Oh, absolutely. And for me, uh, I started watching Saturday Night Live regularly at about the same time you did. We're about the same age. We're pretty close in age, so that's, that's not a big surprise. But I actually got introduced to the show through my dad renting VHS um, best of particular cast member compilations. And so, and the first one that he ever got was Gilda Radner um, was the first, like it was the best of Gilda Radner on Saturday Night Live. And it was like, it was like Radner, Belushi, Chevy Chase, like the whole, like all those original cast groups, Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd, all of them. Uh, and watching Jane Curtin, who, by the way, one of the most underrated cast members in the history of the damn show. But um, but I fell in love with her and her sketches. And, and the thing that I always find neat about Saturday Live is my son is 10 years old. There are some sketches I could show him, and he totally gets it. And like you said, there's other st- sketches where you don't. And one of my uh, one of my honorable mentions, because I, I did do... I had one honorable mention in each list, because I just... This was too hard. You were looking at, you know... 50, 50, damn near 50 years of entertainment to go through. Um, and so to narrow it to five was really tough. Uh, and I don't know yeah, if that there, was true was, for you too. There was a lot of decision-making this weekend for the both of us having, right. <laughs> doing, uh, recording two list shows today. But honestly, it was interesting though. I, I it wasn't that hard. I, I just kind of was like, like, you know what? This is a great all-time sketch, but this is my top five, you know? And maybe there's something I forgot, but I think I I got most of it. And I kind of did it in a way, especially on the top side, where 
I'm kind of going to encompass a whole bunch of stuff into one kind of thing as well. Well, so. that, that was you know, that was another challenge is, that, you know, some sketches, because there are recurring characters and recurring, like recurring sketches, like Wayne's World, for for instance, like it opened Saturday Night Live God knows how many times or was just a part. Like the Melrose Place Wayne's World sketch is one of my favorites and it didn't make my list. And it didn't make my honorable mentions, but... Uh, there's there is there's just so much and we could probably talk on this forever this is a multiple show five by five thing too this is Listen, this is a this is a bandwagon am... nerds project we could do the snl project for bandwagon nerds and probably that's five weeks of show all by itself sure yeah however you want to do it i kind of messaged you beforehand we were getting going and i was like I was just kind of finalizing some stuff and I was like, bro, we got a lot of content here and green, evergreen content for most right. of it too, at least for a long lasting time of 50 years, almost you say. So yeah, I mean, I think Patrick's gung ho. I'm definitely gung ho for it. So look forward to whether, wherever it be, you know, best cast members, best cast, best guest hosts, musical guests on and on. So we're going to, we're going to try and really Absolutely. get into this. Cool. Well, let's get into our five by five and start with our five worst in the rules are just like bandwagon nerds. I don't actually need to go over them with you. Yep, just if it's higher on your list, you uh, you go first. And I um, I will start. I will do the worst list, and you can kick off the best list because that way you get to do your number one if my math is correct last. So uh, for me, I did have one honorable mention. Uh, if it's on your list, I'll, I won't say anything more about it. But my honorable mention was the rear, the rear window sketch with January Jones um, farting as Grace Kelly. Uh, it just was stupid and, and <laughs> fell flat, and Tony apparently liked it. The other one, this is controversial because I know you like this sketch. I hate Dick in the Box. Um, oh, well, yeah, we, we're, we'll talk about that on the best of. <laughs> on the best of. So that'll be fun. My number five worst is very personal, um, and it's a recurring sketch from the '90s, which is when I really watched thing. And that's the "It's Pat" sketches. Uh, what's that? It's Pat. It's time for androgyny. One. Where? What? What do you got on here? Is that on your worst or is that on your best? It's my number five worst. It's nice. Pat. We have the same number five. So, shared name notwithstanding. Making I my fucking life for you. horrible. The sketch itself is <laughs> like the character is terrible. The joke is a one note joke, and it's you know it wasn't fu it wasn't funny back when it aired. It has not aged well at all now. In this you know as we start to learn more no. about transgendered people and just like like it's it's very it's horribly insensitive. And Saturday Night Live has really struggled with androgyny and lgbt sort of comedy all the time because it walks a line like there's so like the ambiguously gay duo some people think is brilliant so and does, hilarious others hate but but so does every other um comedic or comic avenue sure. of 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 you know consumption whether it's stand-up or sitcom or movie it's comedy it's comedy is tragedy right so right. you either get the joke you don't get the joke or you are the joke. And the last one is generally when people get the most upset because granted, we all take ourselves a little bit too seriously. Sometimes That's not true. saying some things are not a lot, though. but, and the Pat character, it, it was a recurring character. Uh, Pat was whiny. Pat was annoying, 
had this weird sniveling voice. Yeah, God. And every time I saw that sketch air on an episode, I was like, well, fuck, my week's screwed. Because everywhere so, I'd go, hey, Pat. Yeah. Julia Sweeney played Pat. Uh, I, I think like the funniest Sweeney. thing to me about it was when they would go and try and find out if Pat was a boy or a girl by asking Pat what Pat was going to be doing and who Pat was going to be doing these things with. And in, inevitably, it was always going to be doing something with a Chris or a Terry, uh, you know, right. or, or a Kelly or whatever, a, a name that could be for a man or a woman. So you could never really figure it out. To me, that was really the only clever part of it to to add to what you said. The rest of it was kind of annoying and tedious. Uh, absolutely. So that that was my number five. And you're number five. So wavelength early. What about your number four worst? So number four isn't necessarily some one of them I hate, but I wanted to get it in here somewhere because I don't know. Rob Schneider is like <laughs> not the greatest SNL guy ever. He went on to do some really funny stuff. Um, I thought the Deuce Bigelow thing was hilarious, but the making copies guys was really just kind Sunny, of not a great sketch to me. Um, doing podcasting. Tony, 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 Tony. The Peace Meister. PC, Tony, Tony, Tony. Horrible sketch. It's so, like, Horrible sketch. It was, it was basically the uh, what's up, guys, before the what's up, guys. Right. Yeah, I, um, I, it's funny, like, for five seconds. Right, like the yes. first delivery, you're like, ha that's okay. And you kind of laugh. You're like, ha I know a guy like that. And then it just keeps going and going. And again, recurring sketch. They brought that character back repeatedly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, because people were saying it. He made fun of Sting. The, the, not the, 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 the art, the musician, not the, not the wrestler, but they made fun of Sting. Like, sure. Ugh, yeah. yeah. It was rough. Yeah. Awful. Um, let's see. So that would bring it to my number four. Uh, Elon Musk hosted Saturday Night Live once. <laughs> he did. I remember. And, and he, Are you gonna? Is it? Is it? Is, is an opening monologue? No, it's Gen Z Hospital, which I, I and maybe you disagree with it, and maybe it's because I'm an old curmudgeon, but it, it was like this desperate attempt to like connect with young people by like using their lingo as a joke. Uh, and so he's like I, trying, he, Elon Musk plays this doctor in Gen Z hospital trying to explain to these Gen Z stereotypes that their friend is dead. And like, like they take a selfie with his ashes and it's. Yeah. I remember I, now. Was 80 Bryant's in that uh, yeah, clip. Episode, was, 80 Bryant's in that sketch, right? Yeah, yes. I remember it now. Just, I, it wasn't too long ago that he hosted. It wasn't, but it was a terrible, it was a terrible sketch. And that's something special that it's that recent and it overtook some other ones on my <laughs> list. So that's, that's yeah, all. I know he took some flack about his opening monologue. Um, like the artistic community didn't appreciate the joke that he made. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, he was just trying to be self-deprecating and that, like we talked about, that's walking the line, right? Yeah. It's really, it's really challenging there. I, I remember most of the reviews were, wasn't the best Saturday night live ever recorded, but it was not the worst at all. No. And you know what? You go into that going me as an SNL, you know, uh, super fan or, or, you know, uh, you know, groupie or whatever you know constantly paying attention to who's on and, and watching everything i go into it going all right 
cool. This is some. This isn't an Academy Award Oscar winner. This isn't the new, fresh, up and coming actor. This isn't the all time great musical guest doing both. This isn't the five someone going to the five timers club. It's somebody you wouldn't think of. Let's see how they do. Let's see where they can get funny in here and there, right? Yeah, exactly. Maybe I have a little bit more alcohol that night coming into it. You never know. Right. You never know. It was the like most watched episode since 2016. So for that, it got eyeballs on the screen. My there number... are, you know, it's crazy. There's oh, names. I'm sorry. There's names that come up and stuff like that, and it spreads. Mm -hmm. You know, because you got someone like me who will go in our group chat to guys who like no Saturday Night Live, like it, but don't necessarily pay attention. But they go Elon Musk or or. Ooh, Eddie Murphy's coming back to host. Like, stuff right. like that. People are going to watch that show, and that's why it's lasted as long as it has. Absolutely. All right, so my number three... I, I, again, I keep going back to when I watched, but my number three is Canteen Boy. With uh, <laughs> Sure, so Alec Baldwin, Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's a little of, rapey. One of, one, of the, one of the most uncomfortable well, it's a, sketches. It's a lot rapey. Yeah, it's a lot rapey. Um... <laughs> Especially when you consider, you know, it's a Boy Scout troop. There's Adam Sandler playing his kind of lovable doofus character with the goofy voice he always does. And he's the canteen boy. Basically, think of the water boy, except sure. in a scout uniform. And Alec Baldwin is playing this scout master who's, like, seducing canteen boy and trying to, like, snuggle up to him. And he nuzzles his ear and he opens up his shirt with his hairy chest and he's drinking wine. And... It was awkward back in 94 or whenever it aired. Uh, and you want to talk about something that does not bear repeat watching because it's just, it gives me the heebie-jeebies to watch. And therefore, yeah. it made my number three. Yeah, great call there. Very uncomfortable. Not so, something that, uh, not something that would be even come close to being touched nowadays. Yeah, no bueno. All right, my number three. My number three is a little-known sketch from the early 80s, I think maybe even 1980, called The Winers, Doug and Wendy Weiner. And it was Joe Piscopo, Piscopo and Robin Duke. And, you know, I think the first time they did it, it was kind of, like, interesting and funny. But it's another one of those things where if you're annoying, you're supposed to be annoying. But if you're annoying the audience at the same time, you're not really doing your job there. So they, they brought it back maybe one, two too many times. Uh, <laughs> just an epic of a of a of a sketch but uh you know right. it made this list so it, it has some kind of infamy to it the only the only time i ever wanted to see joe joe piscopo in his saturday night live or, it was when he was doing sinatra stuff because uh, he could do it he between he was and good. phil hartman oh yeah very good two two great sinatras uh and um that was one of those times that was back in the days where eddie murphy was the cast and joe piscopo was like number oh, sure two. Yeah, so. they were, it was, I mean, it was a super popular time in the show's history, but there's, hey, there's another, um, another list for SNL, uh, best, uh, characters played, real life characters portrayed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. All right. I think it's to your number two. My number two. Yes. My number two is also from the early nineties and Dana Carvey stars as the tampon prince. Oh, I left this one off. <laughs> so... Uh. I want to what be the deal is, is I want to be inside Camilla forever. Yeah, so this basis of this sketch comes from the divorce of Charles and uh, Diane, Diane, Princess Diana, and uh, Camilla Parker Bowles, right? Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. Charles was caught recorded saying that he loved her so much he always wanted to be with her so he wished he could be a tampon so he could always be with her and that is just putting it a that's that's you know ah that's that's yes. that's britain for you what are you gonna say <laughs> yeah i don't it's funny because he took something that is like nobody wants to know right like nobody wanted to know that information and then you tried to turn it into a sketch, and you like Dana Carvey literally is in like a big tampon getup, and he's getting yep. shrunk to be put inside of Camilla. It's so <laughs> gross and weird. So, and, I, honestly, the way you could have made this sketch better would have been to turn Dana Carvey into a tampon. Ref, ref, no ref. First here, first ref, like play the audio like have someone do a impersonation of prince charles and just play the audio and like right. set it up right and then we cut to someone playing camilla parker bowles just walking around and this voice is coming from her crotch talking to her the whole time so you don't <laughs> actually get the, see isn't that I way better you don't actually get the image of the tampon you just get the image of charles is with her and he's a tampon you don't have to see it but you hear it yeah, I I don't know, man. I mean, I chuckled, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> so from one uncomfortable sketch because it wasn't really funny to a sketch that's just straight up uncomfortable because it was terrible. Jennifer's date, Steven Seagal. Oh, oh, it's higher on your list, which means that it's now time for my number one. Yeah, we'll that was number my one. number one. We can go through it. Let's go. We can go through it. You can go. You can do your number one last. Okay. Because um, we already because we we have the suspense of not knowing what yours is. We fair, know what fair. mine is. So let's discuss so, it. Go ahead. So here's the here's the thing is, you talked about like a, a top ten list of worst hosts of all time, and Steven Seagal is the unquestioned number one. So, if we do that, should we retire him like the Badgers and yeah, LSU we, are retired yeah, from gotta, the, uh, no. the college drinking schools? Right. Yeah, like he's not on the list. We can add somebody else, and we just know that. Yeah, everybody <laughs> understands that the king. Like, there's, there's like a super one A, and it is, it is Steven Seagal. He was not interested but, in doing this show at all. Like, and it's, it's just evident throughout the whole thing as he's hosting. It's awkward. It's pain. He plays it so rigid and straight and disinterested, and then it culminates in this sketch where he's supposed to be playing this intimidating, overprotective father whose daughter is about to go on this date with Chris Farley, who's who's like looks like a rough character. And on paper, like given the type of character Steven Seagal had played at the time, like he's an action star, he's a tough guy, you think, oh, this could be great. He's going to intimidate Chris Farley. It was, it's still, to this day, it's one of the most painful experiences in just like, God, get this thing off. Because nobody's laughing. The second Seagal shows up on the screen, not funny. Nothing funny. Horrible. When, yeah, his his uh, physical uh, presence for the opening monologue is uncomfortable. And when you get into a sketch with Chris Farley at the peak of his prime at Saturday Night Live, hair disheveled, leather jacket on collar up white t-shirt underneath ripped jeans ready to play this character like only he can and he can't even get a laugh out of it i mean you basically took the one of the most instant biggest laugh getters in the history of saturday night live chris farley and paired him with the worst fucking host ever and th th 
the offense couldn't overcome the defense no, that day. Really Let me that tell was, you. This is Virginia basketball. That's what that was. Indeed. Oh, Let's man. get to your so, number one so we can have some time before we sure, record sure. BWN to sure, get sure. to the so, favorites. So my number one, uh, this happened in the 80s. It was during the period when Lauren Michaels actually had stepped away from the show for a little bit. And Saturday Night Live was really struggling to find itself and find things that were funny. And they released the unfortunately titled and horribly executed commie hunting season sketch. <laughs> and you're laughing because you know exactly what I, and it's literally like the sketch is nothing but a bunch of white rednecks in hunting gear getting ready to go out and shoot them some communists. And I don't even really know how much to say that like it's, it's loaded with pejoratives. It's, it's just terrible. It's nobody, again, Nobody looks particularly interested in doing the sketch, and the humor is just uh, offensive and wrong, like shooting down human beings for funsies. I think one of the most interesting things to do would be go back and, like, this is clearly some some powerful writer at the time, and I don't know who wrote this sketch, but had stroke and said, I really want to do this, you guys, you know, because you've got to think with the smart enough people that are in those casts that they knew it, and you could see it on their faces, right? I mean... Yeah, right. just talk about crossing the line again and something that was really fresh at the time as well, you know? Right. I mean, yeah, we're we're in the early 80s, height of the Cold War. All that stuff is going sure. on. So the wall is still up. I mean. Yeah. It was, it was trying to be socially relevant in a horrible, horrible way. It failed, failed so miserably. All right. So that's going to do it. That is our, our number, f- our top five worst SNL sketches of all time. We're going to take our second commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to cover our best. Before we go to our recorded commercial, I mentioned this once before, but if you love what we do on the ChairShot Radio Network and on thechairshot.com, head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and get yourself a ChairShot shirt. We have all kinds of designs to choose from, things like our logos. I hear talk of shorts with the ChairShot logo shorts, being a possibility that I don't think that's a thing, but it could be a thing. Anyway, we have all kinds of great Thanks stuff out for listening, there. Patrick. I do. I listen all the time. Hey, umbros were a thing in the nineties. If you were calling, just had that little diamond on the short. Let's get us some umbro style chair shot shorts with the chair shot logo where the umbro should be. Damn it. Anyway, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Shirts are $19.99, or if you're feeling fancy, want something that feels nice on your giblets, get them soft style. You'll thank us later. Once again, support us at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. When we come back on the 5x5, PC Tunney and I will give our top five Saturday Night Live sketches of all time. You're listening to Chair Shot Radio on the Chair Shot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. All right, welcome back. On the 5x5, we like to finish on a positive note, and so we will always do our best to end the show. Uh, as, as I just feel, it's like basketball practice. Finish on a made basket. We're going to finish with our top five. And Tony, you're going to kick us off this time. Uh, I forgot to ask this in the worst. Were there any specific honorable mentions you wanted to throw out there uh, from the worst before we get into the best? 
I think you had a couple of them. Um, yeah, I had the rear I windows think, catch uh, on my big one. I, I really think one of my favorite things we could do with this would be best and worst casts by year because oh, there's some yeah. years that just didn't provide maybe the worst um sketches but maybe the least above average sketches there you, were you a mean couple like, of you mean, years you mean there. like the anthony and, michael hall robert downey jr years i mean that's a part of it and i think if i go into explaining it uh there may be some years you didn't expect that are on yeah. there cool well hey Kick us off with our, our five best. What's your number five best sketch on the list? So uh, in making my top five here, I had it down, and then I was like, oh, my God, this one has to be in there. So I have a 5A and 5B. I won't spend long on my 5B, but we talked about Alec Baldwin being in a horrible sketch. The Schweddy Balls sketch with yeah. Molly Shannon and Anna Gasteyer yeah, is one of the it's, – it's, it's South Park suck on my chocolate salty balls before that was that. It was great. It's a radio show with two women who are very subdued and they talk real quiet and they're very positive. And thank you for coming on the show today, Alec. It's a pleasure to have you. Ooh, yeah, I'd great. love to try your sweaty balls, Alec. It's it's yes, wonderful. I'd love for you to have put my I'd love for you to put my sweaty balls in your mouth. Uh, <laughs> and they, it's just a hilarious they, skit. Your, your sweaty balls are delicious. They melt in my mouth. It's so delightful. Yes. Yes, you're oh, better yeah, at it than I am. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's that's that's where a recurring joke works, right? Like they keep that joke going, but they do it in ways that just keeps it funny. And that was, that's an excellent, excellent five B. One of the greatest female ensembles in a cast of all time. When Molly Shannon on a gas tire were there, I think Rachel Dratch was in at that time as well. Sherry O'Terry. I mean, it was the women took over like they had never had to since, you know, you mentioned Jane Curtin being one of the greatest of all times, but it was still attitude era wrestling. The women didn't get as much time. They were great right. when they could, but they were never the leads. And this was a time where, boy, the women really shined out there. Um, weekend update and a specific one. You got weekend update in there as your top one. No, but one of my honorable mentions was a weekend update recurring mm-hmm. character from the 70s. Okay. Okay, go ahead. So it was. I talked about Gilda Radner. Gilda Radner. I know who it do, is. No, you don't. It's Emily Latella, not Roseanne Rosanna Dana. Oh. Emily Latella was an editorial person that they would bring in to counter. They would always say, "This person's coming in to do a counter editorial to something we previously recorded." And Emily Latella was like this book bookish librarian woman with a high pitched voice who always misread what the previous editorial topic is, and so she would make an argument for something completely different. And this is the sketch I showed my son where she is arguing that there should be more violins on television and that there aren't enough violins on television. And if they only show violins after 10 p.m., that the little kids won't get violins in their life. And Chevy Chase has to stop her and be like, no, no, that was violence in television, violence. And she and then she would be like, oh, well, well, that's different. And she would just look straight at the camera and say, never mind. And that would be the end. It was, it's brilliant in its simplicity. And it was so damn wholesome. Like that's the thing. It was just so wholesome and sweet. And sure. that would later show up in jeopardy. If in the gullibility in factor. Exactly. It was beautiful. Weekend update. So no, no, you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned Chevy Chase. Two things come to mind. The Richard Pryor dead honky skit is unbelievably <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you got it up there. Okay. <laughs> and then, Garrett Morris um, being the uh, 
the doing the news and being there for the the, the hard of hearing and Jimmy, in the news today in the news today so shout out to him but my number one favorite weekend update character is bill Hader as stefan and uh. that shit is just unbelievably nuts the wording he has for the parties and what these things are and like you know, I, I should have looked up some of you're doing a great job of, of, of character acting there with the physical uh, comedy. But when, when we folks, go video, you've never seen it. See I don't know. This. What's that? Someday we'll go video and we can you can see people will see me. Oh, it's it's coming soon. It's coming soon. So um, in, 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 uh, in light of, of our time, I'm going to I'm going to stop there and say, go watch it. It's one of the best character actorizations uh, comedically on Saturday Night Live ever. Cool. All right. Well, my number five. It's rare that a sketch is as influential for something as silly as saying the word chopping broccoli. But Derek Stevens is Dana Carvey, the musician who can't come up with a song and is in front of the radio, um, is in front of the record executives, and he starts making up the song about a woman going to the store, buying broccoli and chopping it. And you would hear Kenny Maine use that on SportsCenter for years when he described home runs. Dana Carvey was a genius uh, on that show. was one of the best cast members of all time, in my opinion. Derek Stevens, Chopping Broccoli, was my number five. You mentioned this. I'm going to just jump right in my number four, unless you have something, just to speed it up a little bit. Chopping Broccoli, Chopping Broccoli. That's all I have. He gets all emotional, and he's like screaming into the microphone. It's great. You mentioned this when you were talking about some of your buildups. Richard Pryor, Chevy Chase, Word Association. Richard Pryor is going in for a... Uh, a, a job interview yes, yes, yes. and Chevy Chase is the interviewer and they start a word association and the words start off innocent enough and they slowly and slowly just get more and more racist and you can't air this sketch anymore it's it's way ahead of its time uh, but Chevy Chase drops the ultimate racial slur in that sketch um, as part of the climax and it's done. it's done to challenge and it's hilarious and Richard Pryor is fucking amazing in that sketch. One of the most controversial and best sketches of all time, in my opinion. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It's it's uncomfortably hilarious. Um, yes. And it, it's two legendary icons in the comedic business. Who knew that um, they both were kind of really playing uh, uh, themselves in that? Because right. uh, totally. from everything you hear, uh, Richard Pryor was... Not a fan, and Chevy was quite the asshole. So that is true. All right, that's my number four to you. Number four for me, it's my dick in a box. Go ahead. But it's also, but it's also Justin Timberlake with Jimmy Fallon uh, and uh, the Bee Gees show. Right. So it's basically Justin Timberlake as well, and it's. Bring it on down to Lickville, yeah. So the things that he does is amazing. Andy Samberg, I love him. I think the Bee Gees thing where he's the brother of the lead singer from the Bee Gees who, who's played by Jimmy Fallon, that talk show is is amazing. Talking it up on the Barry Gibb talk show. <laughs> it's just, it, yeah, exactly. See, I mean, that stuff is no, amazing. I... The chemistry that him and Jimmy Fallon have is just oh, ridiculous. Yeah. If you ever want to go like down the other. rabbit hole of YouTube, Go watch all the guest appearance skits that JT and Jimmy Fallon do together on the Jimmy Fallon show. One of the, one of the all-time greatest gifts of uh, in history is a, is a Justin Timberlake Saturday Night Live face of him just looking into the camera. Uh, 
I dick in a box is just not my type of humor anymore. Like I just I I, I get why people find it funny. I just have never like I just don't buy into it. Um, this is also a shout out to like musical things that they do. Right. Uh, I do it in my twin bed is one of the funniest fucking musical things ever. Watch these girls talk about how they go home for the holidays with their boyfriends and they do it in their old twin bed. And it's a music video. The last one I'll say is there's also a music video with Keenan Thompson and the rock and Tom Hanks. And it's a rap video and they just keep adding rappers to the co collaboration. And by the end, there's 26 people on the track. So that's that's kind of my number four as far as trying to get everything in together. Excellent choice for your number four. And now it's your number three, sir. Number three for me is close to mine and Dave Ungar's heart, and it's the Californians. <laughs> Go ahead. So basically, it's a spoof on a soap opera, and it's in this house of a fairly well-off family, which which has very odd and interesting dynamic and relationships with everybody that's involved in this house and there's always drama and suspense but there's always comedy because regardless of where the conversation goes it always ends with how to navigate california and their highways because their traffic is fucking horrible and it's just a consistent consistent rip on the horrible uh you know, car traveling situation in a large part of, you know, many of the populated areas in California. But hilarious. Fred Armisen is basically the star of this whole thing. Uh, Bill Hader as well. I can't remember who the female lead was for this. I think it might have been. Um, oh, why am I forgetting her name right now? Uh, I don't I, I don't remember. I'll look it up, but that's my number three. Cool. All right. So my my number three and my number one, I might get a little emotional over. So if I do, uh, bear with me. Uh, Phil Hartman is one of my favorite comedians of all time and lost him so, so early. And my uh, one of my favorite sketches of him is the Sinatra group. It is a riff on the political television show, the McLaughlin group, which was on PBS. And this guy McLaughlin would sit around and he would basically like shout at people different political topics. And what they did is they took that um, little circle of chairs and they replaced it with Phil Hartman doing his Frank Sinatra sitting next to uh, Edie Gourmet and um, I can't ever remember what the guy's name is. It's played by Mike Myers, but uh, in real life. Um, anyway, um, Sinead O'Connor played by Jan Hooks, another underrated cast member from Saturday Night Live. Sting is portraying Billy Idol, and I want to say Chris Rock was like Spike Lee or somebody, or he may have been a rap rapper, Luther. Um, I can't I can't remember who Chris Chris Rock was in it as well, and it is famous for Sting giving Frank Sinatra lip, and Frank being like, "Don't talk to me like that. I got chunks of corn bigger than you in my stool." And, I remember this one now, and, and he starts. <laughs> Like anytime he starts say something like uh, Edie Gourmet and um, I can't remember the other guy's name would be like, you say it, Frank, you tell him. And Sinead O'Connor is just complaining about the suffering in the world and he keeps messing up her name. He's like, Sinbad O'Connor, Baldy, talk to me. So this was fairly close to right after she shaved her head. Right. I mean, I think it was, I mean, before, it was, before, like, it was before the a, musical performance that made her famous. Right. Yes. In a bad way. So, yeah, great, great call, though. Great call on that sketch. 
Alright. My number two. We can't talk about Saturday Night Live. Did I skip you for number three? Mm-mm. No. My number oh, I two. Right. I also don't feel like we can talk about um, Saturday Night Live and host without talking about Tom Hanks. This is my kid's all-time favorite sketch. It's the Haunted Elevator. It's David S. Pumpkins. And here's why I think oh, this is such a guy. And here's why this is such a great sketch. No sketch executes a joke, one joke, as well as that sketch did. Because people, it, it lulls even, it even lulls the viewer into being like, this is stupid. Why is this guy in a suit with these weird skeletons just dancing? Like, okay, it's kind of funny. He doesn't fit in and they've got him on all these floors. But then when he actually pulls off the scare, that's what's brilliant about that sketch. And my kid can recite that thing. Like, if all I have to say is any questions, and he'll be like, yes, several. I am so in the weeds with David Pumpkins. He loved that sketch so much, I bought him David S. Pumpkins Funko Pops for Christmas. And he was like, I've got the... And he, uh, lo he loved it. He loved it so much. Brilliant sketch for one joke. Mikey Day is in that sketch with Bobby Monahan, right? Yes. As the skeletons. One of the skeletons. And yeah. that is where and that is where Mikey Day starts his ascent to being one of a one of the very good SNL actors um, of all time for me. He's very underrated. So, yeah, I mean, any questions? Uh, and exactly. they did more stuff with that with I think there was like a theme park pirate ride that David S. Pumpkins was out there or something or that was right. a different thing too, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to get to more Tom Hanks uh, as uh, for my number 1. So, by the way, Steve Lawrence was the name of Edie Gourmet's husband, and it was played by Mike Myers, and it's hilarious. <laughs> there it you go, Steve Lawrence. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, number two. My number two? Yes, sir. My number two is Wayne's World. Yep, can't swing two movies. I mean, I, yeah, like, a, Wayne's World is one of the greatest movies ever. It might be the greatest Saturday Night Live skit to movie ever. Right? Can you think of one that's actually a better movie that was also a skit on Saturday Night Live? And if you say Night at the Roxbury, I'm going to virtually punch you in the nose. No, no, I hate Night at the Roxbury. See, I'm the outlier because I didn't really enjoy the Will Ferrell years as much as a lot of other people did. And I was always bigger. Okay. I was always a bigger Chris Kattan fan, oddly enough, um, from that time. Like, I loved um, The Mango was one of my nope. favorite characters. Of yes, my him and well and and something that that i don't get mentioned the sketch with him as that character with the rock on is one of the funniest things ever where there's where he's the papa to mango and they're spitting See, the apple back at each other and i and i actually i actually love the one um with him and jennifer lawrence where they're That's where they're one. fighting over who's the biggest diva and there's one with him and ben affleck that is hilarious as well but anyway that has nothing to do with wayne's world which yeah no, I know, there, there's just, there's been very the, the, few sketches to movies that have worked. Ladies Man actually surprisingly worked well, but is oh, not as good as Wayne's World. Movie. Not as good as Wayne's World. No. Uh, you just think about the two characters that, that you know, Wayne and Garth on there are, are just excellent. The premise of living in the basement and, and doing it. It's, it's almost like a, it's almost a, a foreshadowing microcosm of what we do now as, as adults, I'm recording right? in like, a basement yeah. right now as we speak. Like I can tell you, everybody on the Chair Shot Radio Network has has either a, a a very good job or or a very good career and a family and and is a normal person. But it's also very living in the basement at home and and going on with your friends and and you know being a nerd. So it, it's 
it's great. I think the fact that, you know, we've actually, as a radio network, made it cool to be a nerd and embrace that with a whole bunch of things that we do and just accepting the niche that we have, whether it's in sports or entertainment or sports and entertainment. So the way that Wayne's World infected the country enough to be one of the biggest box office movies of its of its time comedically, and then the people that would come on the show that would be like, "Yo, I need to, we need, I need to be in the Wayne's World sketch." Or there was a top ten. Their top tens were infamous. Oh, the top tens so were well written, right? Er, was was so, it? Made, didn't Aerosmith do their musical performance from yes, the basement? Yes, like that in the scenery. Yes. Like that was one of the things. One of the most iconic uh, things that ever happened in SNL history. But you know. Maybe, let's put it this way: one of the greatest comedic duos ever, Dana Carvey and Mike Myers. Absolutely. All right, your number one, sir. My number one is Jeopardy as a whole. That's fair. Whether it's Will Ferrell and Daryl Hammond and Turd Ferguson, um, or whether it's Keenan Thompson hosting Black Jeopardy with fucking Tom Hanks. <laughs> as the guest on that one, that might be the funniest episode of Jeopardy ever. That one right there. But the whole concept of playing off that unbelievably successful, popular, well-known game show, you know, having, having, uh, Will Ferrell, you know, have a, have a feud with a, uh, a, 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 a guest, a, a, a participant, right? I mean, two of them. It's, it's just excellent. It's so well written, so well done. But like I said, Tom Hanks on Black Jeopardy, um, Ego Warum, I think, is one of the uh, contestants, and I don't remember who the other one was, but it's unbelievable. And, folks, if you're listening to this podcast, feel free to pause and write down or put a note in your phone to go back. And you can watch these sketches on YouTube or on the Peacock yep. if you have it. You know, these are all great things to go back and sit down on a Saturday night where you can just go, hey, let's kind of relive a little bit of history. So, yeah, I. I hope it shows I love SNL with such a passion and it's just such an amazing concept and a delivery for, for comedy and entertainment. I'll tell you what's unfair is that both of our lists are going to leave off Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Both of our like our lists are going to leave off things like you talked about musical performances, King Tut from, from Steve Martin back in the day, one of the just goofiest things ever. We didn't touch Belushi. Mm -hmm. We didn't touch Aykroyd. We didn't touch very much of Will Ferrell. We didn't touch any Kate McKinnon. We didn't touch any Kristen Wiig. She, Kate McKinnon was the one in the Californians, by the way. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I, I wanted to talk about the Natalie Portman music video sketch. Like, there were so many sketches. There's just so much there that we just can't get to. Here, so, top best and worst music sketches of all time. Right, we got more categories that we know what to do with. Um, my number one, though, is it's hilarious it, it was a recurring sketch a couple of different times, but the first one was the best one. Uh, it's my background, because I always I always give away my number ones on these with my background. Uh, Chris Farley was special, and you talked about it a little bit, and he it it, it it's still to this day like I can't watch the documentary about his life and death without falling apart, because he you know sadly lost his life to his own self-destructive demons uh, so early in, in, in what was going to be one of the biggest careers imaginable. Um, and part of what made him amazing was my number one sketch, and that was Chris Farley on The Chris Farley Show interviewing Paul McCartney, where he is playing this 
himself, like it's himself, completely in awe and starstruck to be sitting in the same room as Paul McCartney. And he can't, he, he can't actually get questions. He's like, you, you remember, remember that one time when you said like, the, lo the love you the love you make is it's like the love you take and, and McCartney's like well yeah yeah I wrote that and he's like that was awesome and then he would get all upset he's like oh man I suck I can't fire blew it and he starts like yelling into the microphone he starts oh it's adorable and it's just so genuine and I'm gonna let you talk because I'm getting sad just thinking about how we don't have him no the the physicality of it right like yeah, the concept absolutely. is simple and it's amazing so like a question is like do you remember that time. Um, and it's when he's saying, you remember that time, his hands are like running up and down his thighs on his sweaty, pants and kind of yeah. grabbing them. And he's, and he's like constantly moving his hair back over and shaking it out. And like, and like Paul giving Mansur like, ha, like a little schoolgirl, like, ha, you know, and kind of shake a little bit and then he kind of shake it off and be like, okay, but do you remember the time? Like when you're in the Beatles, that was awesome. Well, and, and when you know, Paul and McCartney just gives the amazing part of it. The culmination of that whole scene is Paul McCartney finally gives like a lengthy answer to something and he just looks at the camera and he's like, awesome. And he like points at him yeah. like as if Paul McCartney <laughs> can't see him. And Paul McCartney's playing it so straight and so well. And he's like, he's really encouraging him because he can tell he's nervous. It's, 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 it's just beautiful. And it's what, like, it made me fall in love with him before he even started really doing movies and took off. And then you see it in Tommy Boy and Black Sheep and just everything he did. He was he was wonderful, and it sucks that he's gone. Yeah, I mean, 100%. 100%. Very much um, uh, uh, John Belushi, uh, yep. uh, Second Coming. Absolutely. And, and very unfortunate. But we got stuff like Van Down by the River, which is maybe one of the greatest Matt sketches Foley, of all yeah. time as well, could be on this list. And then it's funny, like he was gone and came back again, and then there was El Nino was coming through. And he did I this sketch where they just cut the to him. Nino. And he goes, yeah, he goes, yo soy El Nino. That's Spanish for the Nino. Yes. And then they'd take a big bucket of water and they'd splash him with it. And you'd have soaked big boy, you know, I mean, fat guy in a little coat. I can stick my head up a butcher's ass, but I'd rather take the cow's word for it. I mean, the, Chris the Farley, news... you hit it on the nail on the head. I'm glad we are finishing on this pinnacle because that right. guy, comedically, you talk he about, was, we talked about so duos sweet. before. Him and David Spade, unbelievable. Oh, God, yeah. Um, but, yeah. And hey, Richard, maybe she dates one of the Yankees. Right. <laughs> um, and, and, yeah, so that's where we're going to close the book uh, on at top, uh, our 5x5 five five this week with his SNL sketches. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, before we get out of here, Tony, tell people where they can find you on the Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, find me at PC Tony on Twitter and Facebook. You can find everything there. Please continue continue to listen to Chairshot Radio Network. Continue to use your head. You can find all our shows streaming on all your favorite, uh, you know, streaming apps, and of course, thechairshot.com. Absolutely, and you can find me on the Twitter at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. And if you can't get enough of list shows, give a listen to Bandwagon Nerds this week, uh, which will have aired yesterday because this airs on Tuesday to listen to our top 10 action films of 2000-2009. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch you next week on Chair Shot Radio when we return to Hockey Talk with our trade deadline special. We're going to try to see if we can get Dr. S'mores on the show as well to talk about what's going on in the world of NHL. Until then, catch us on Chair Shot Radio. 
part of the ChairShot Radio Network here on thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.